All right, this morning I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. Turn to someone next to you and tell them, get ready. Go ahead, tell them real quick. I've had this, this on my heart now for several months, and I want to speak a message entitled, Faces of Deception. Faces of Deception. 2 Timothy 3.13, I heard someone go, wow, he's going to get serious today. How many of you are going to be okay? If you're going to be okay, say a good amen. amen. 2 Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray this morning that we would decrease and that you would increase in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. I ran across... Uh, a quote that someone said. They said, I used to wonder how the devil could deceive entire nations like the Bible said he would. I don't wonder that anymore. How many of you feel the same way? The Bible tells us that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. In John 8, 44 and 45 in the Amplified, it says, You are of your father the devil, and it is your will to practice the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half-truths. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me and continue in your unbelief. In this year of living by faith, one of the things that we've talked about is living and believing and trusting in the Lord. I believe that God is helping us in any area of our life that we might be walking in unbelief to understand his word and to live in truth. Touch someone next to you and say, I'm going to live in the truth. Go ahead, tell them if you would. Right now, we all have the sense that we're being lied to about everything. Anyone else get that feeling? It's hard to trust almost anything that anybody says. And the truth is, I think we know we're being lied to on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, in our culture, it is riddled with deception. We have government agencies like the Food and Drug Administration to oversee ridiculous claims made by advertisers and retailers so that when people sell us something, it's at least being verified that it's what they say it is. We have people reading terms and conditions and adverse effects and reactions in commercials like they're auctioneers. How many of you have ever tried to keep up with all of that? Listen, if you've got to speak so fast that nobody has any idea what you're saying, you might be being lied to. We have social media claiming to monitor the truth in our news so that we're not lied to as they manipulate what they want us to see and hear. Last year, our government opened and closed what they called the Office of Truth. That was so close to the Nazis' Ministry of Truth that it could not hold up and the backlash hit them because it was obviously wrong. Someone say, thank God. The Bible tells us that in the last days, 
people lying and deceiving will grow worse and worse. That people will be deceiving others and being deceived themselves. I want to tell you we are in those times. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, even the very elect or God's chosen ones will be deceived if it's possible. Now, just in case you don't know, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have accepted him into your life, and you have committed your life to him, you're one of the elect. Elect means to be chosen or to be set apart. Elect does not deal with that idea that is being taught by some of predestination that God chose some people to be saved and he's chosen other people not to be saved. The Bible says that God is willing that none should perish. If you believe that, say a good amen. In Matthew 24, 24, it says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That's a powerful statement, if possible. The truth is that those who are walking in the Holy Spirit will have discernment. And most of God's elect will not be fooled. They will be lied to, but they will be able to see through the lies. But some who are not paying attention, and some who don't really want to know, will be deceived. They'll be deceived away from the truth of God's word and the truth about what is going on in the world. I want to remind you that Satan uses every sort of duplicity to lead people away from truth and into the tangled and confusing realm of deception. And if you are paying attention, truth has been outrageously violated in every area of our society. Turn to someone and tell them, wake up. Go ahead, tell them, wake up this morning. It's important that you pay attention. I believe that God's people should be the most aware people in all the world of spiritual things and of natural things. Listen, deception is when you are lied to and you believe it. And the problem with being deceived is you don't know it. You believe that what you're believing is actually the truth. There's some other words that describe it. Misinformation, disinformation, exaggeration, subterfuge, sleight of hand. I like this one, fake news. (laughs) Sorry. Distraction, counterfeit, camouflage. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. He camouflaged himself to look good, holy, and acceptable. Warren just docked in with an entire bunch of bananas. Are you really that hungry this morning? Sorry. Maybe. Listen, the word deception could be defined as communication or behavior that is meant to leave others with a false impression. Here's some ways that deception is sown into our culture today. Let me give you some uh, other words. Disinformation. That means deliberately misleading 
or manipulative narrative of the facts. Propaganda, doublespeak, being evasive, or using ambiguous language that is intended to deceive or confuse. Duplicity, a deceitfulness in speech or conduct as speaking or acting in two different ways to different people concerning the same matter. Fabrication, to make up a story or facts for the purpose of deception. Falsehood, that means contrary to truth or fact, a lie. Fraud, which is trickery, perpetrated for profit or to gain some unfair or dishonest advantage. A half-truth, which is a statement that fails to divulge the entire truth. Or using a portion of truthful information to seem like the lie is more trustworthy. Hypocrisy, the concealment of your character or motives. An actor that seeks to hide the morals or even a counterfeit religion. Hypocrisy means that you're acting to pretend to be something or someone that you're not. A lie, which is a falsehood, uttered for the purpose of deceiving. It's an intentional violation of the truth. Seem, or a scheme, or a scam. A confidence game, especially for making a quick profit by swindling somebody out of what they have in exchange for something that isn't what they said it was. The last one would be subterfuge. A clearly disguised way or strategy used to evade a rule, escape a consequence, or to hide something. Deceit used to achieve your goal at the expense of another. I want you to hear me that deception has become a part of our culture. 2 Timothy 3, 7 talks about people who are always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And listen, the more a person is deceived, the less capacity they have to discern the truth, and the less likely they are to believe that they are being duped. A deceived person believes what they believe to be true. And many times they won't even entertain the truth or the idea that they could be in error. That's a scary thing. Lying's become commonplace that we almost expect it. We are actually shocked when people are being honest. Lying has become ubiquitous. Everywhere you go, we expect that every time a politician opens their mouth, they're lying, regardless of the party they're from. When news is dispensed, we're confident that it's no longer being reported accurately. But with the slant and the stats manipulated to make things say what they want us to hear so that we'll believe what they want us to think is best. Our laws have become so nuanced that no one really even understands what a lawyer is saying, except other lawyers. Things are being worded just so, so that they get away with deception, and many times legally. The disciples asked Jesus, what would be the sign of his coming 
and the end of the world. And the first thing that Jesus said was deception. Matthew 24, 3 and 5 says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Turn to someone and say, make sure no one deceives you. Go ahead. Take heed that no one deceives you. Watch this. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. The ultimate aim of deception is to lead us away from Jesus. I want you to look at me. And we need to get our brains wrapped around this quickly as the body of Christ. The ultimate aim of what the enemy is doing in our world is not to change your politics. The ultimate aim is to move us away from Jesus. All those other things are a byproduct of what's going on in our society. We just need to be smart enough to watch what's happening. And how many of you know God gave us the information so that we can have it? Take heed. Jesus gave many signs, but the first sign that Jesus told them about contained a clear warning of a wide-scale world deception that he would emerge in the last part of the last days, and the need for people to prepare to guard against it. Jesus said this, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed. Pay attention. Live with your eyes wide open. Have your spirit in step with the Spirit of God. Be discerning. My prayer is that as Christians we'll be the most discerning people in the world. The word deceived is used to depict this period when it will look as if delusion is taking over the whole world. In the Greek, that word means to be led astray, to wander off chorus. This word deceive talks about an individual who's wandered off chorus, but it can also describe entire nations or an entire nation that has morally veered from the position once held to be true. And that describes today. Deceived depicts a person or a nation who, though they were once grounded in the solid biblical principles, they have now drifted morally away from the things of God and they are on a dangerous path. They've lost their bearings. They're no longer on track. They've already departed. They're off the straight and narrow. Something that they once believed to be true they now believe differently. And when considering the subject of truth, we must take into account the fact that a person's perspective about truth will be clouded by what they want it to be. Just because you want something to be true doesn't mean that it is. Listen, I want it to be true that I am a six-foot skinny man <laughs> with really good hair. No matter how much I want to be that, I am not that. I'm fine. Thank you. Hey. 
On a good day, I'm 5'7". Most days, I'm probably 5'6". I can come to you and say, listen, I am a 6'5", very athletic black man. I know you can't see that. Thank you. Because it's not true. You're a very discerning lady. Glory to God. How many of you will pray for Tammy? Stay out of my preaching, lady. I'm just... But there are a lot of people today who want things to be true that aren't. And they believe it. The Bible says that the one who hungers for righteousness will be very open to God's truths. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Someone said that human beings are willing to believe anything as long as it caters to what they want. Understand, Satan knows this. And he has developed philosophies and religions and belief systems that sound so reasonable that they keep us from God because they tell us exactly what we want to hear. Second Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after the other, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. We often think that this just means religious teachers and pastors. That's a big part of it. Please understand, we live in a day where there are many false preachers and many false teachers and many false prophets. Part of me preaching this today is so you'll know the difference. Luke, I'm just going to challenge you. You're being raised up. You have received the Word of God. Stay in the Word and preach the truth. The good thing is you're part of a family. If you don't, I'll let you know about it. And you'll let me know about it. But he preaches the word well. He preaches the truth. The Bible says that he's afraid we'd well put up with it. And there are a lot of people that are putting up with that. But it's not just religious teachers and pastors. It goes beyond that. This includes actual educators. In our schools for children, both elementary and high school, this deals with the collegiate level. It deals with entertainers and the so-called experts that we have today. When the Apostle Paul spoke about the last days, he spoke about this deception that would permeate the culture. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-11 says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all, watch this, power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. 
Verse 11 in the Amplified says, Because of this, God will send upon them a misleading influence, an activity of error and deception, so they will believe the lie. The Greek word translated delusion, uh, they did that in that instead of deception. But the word depicts a culture that has strayed so far that it became bewitched and duped and seduced into believing a lie in place of the truth. Rick Renner, a great pastor out of Russia, said people in the last days will become so supernaturally hoodwinked that is, they will be ensnared by an unparalleled period of deception on every front. This period of deceitfulness will be so intense that people will believe what is false over what is obviously true, even denying the facts and truths that are common sense and that nature itself teaches. It will mark a time when wrong belief and delusion will pervade every realm of society. And this is the clear teaching of prophetic scripture and the developments that will occur at the end of the age. Listen, did you ever think there would be a time when people actually believe that a female is a male and a male is a female? And you can decide that you want to be... Did you, ever think, did you ever think you would hear a Supreme Court justice when asked, what is a female because you're a woman? And she says, I don't know that I can adequately answer that question. Can you absolutely... Listen, that's delusion. When you have people sitting in our Congress actually trying to decide the definition of what a woman is or what a man is. We live in those times. I don't know if you know that. We're here. People go, well, when we get there, we got there. And it's time for the church to wake up. From the very beginning, Satan has told us lies about God. And this causes doubt, which leads to unbelief in what God has said and causes us to believe the lies that Satan is selling. I want to remind you that God always says what he means. Satan likes to try to complicate it with some sort of nuanced thinking or by twisting what God means. I remember someone years ago said, well, that just depends what the meaning of is, is. Listen, it just is what it is. Is, is, is. God is not cryptic. Refuse to believe what Satan says about God. Refuse to believe what Satan says about yourself and your situations. And simply live by faith and trust the word of God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Refuse to deceive yourself. It's important that as Christians we are honest about who we are in Christ and the things that we're dealing with in our own life. 1 John 1, 8-10 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And his word is not in us. Listen, 
It's important that we are honest about our sins, our shortcomings, our struggles, our hurts, our fears, and our missteps, and we take them to the Lord. In Jeremiah 17, 9 in the Amplified, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? You ever been in the midst of something and then realized you're dealing with something and it surprised you? You ever surprised yourself? And not in a good way. I have. Listen, the world's philosophy is follow your heart. Be true to yourself. Be your authentic self. Well, that sounds good. But they are all just restatements of the satanic creed. Do as thou will. That means follow your own path. (laughs) Listen, can I just tell you, follow your heart is bad advice. You and I are to be who God made us to be. We're to be who we are in Christ. There's a way that Christ created us. But we are only at our best when we are in Christ. When we have surrendered our heart, our desires, our ways to the Lord. Where we pray the same prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. How many of you ever found that sometimes your will is not in line with the will of God? What the Bible says that we are to bring our will into the will into line with the will of Father God. That's, that's what he calls us to do. And that is the call of the church to a world that needs Jesus. Now you can do that with love. You can do that tactfully. You can do that pointedly. But you must speak the truth. In Galatians 6.1 it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore, restore such a one in a spirit, watch this, of gentleness. Considering yourself, at least you also be tempted. Can I encourage you in this day of deception that when you know the truth and you speak to be people that you be gentle about it? One of the things that's missing in the world right now is the church is trying to respond with the same hatred and the same intensity that the world is responding with, and that doesn't work. The Bible says that we overcome evil with good. You don't respond with the same hate. You don't respond with the same, the same type of uh, words that they're using. We must respond with gentleness. How many of you are thankful for the gentleness that God has been with you? You can be pointed and gentle. You can be truthful and gentle. And then the Bible says, take heed to yourself. I want you to look at me. Every one of us can be tempted. Don't you dare get so heady and high-minded that you think, man, I'm going to restore that person and I'm better than they are. Aren't you thankful for what God has set you free from? Over 30 years of ministry, I've watched pastors that have been very gentle and they've seen people set free and delivered. It's been beautiful. I've watched some other ones that have tried to minister to people in sin and they've got so prideful. 
And then they fell in the same thing. Ouch. Take heed to yourself. Over the last 20 or 30 years, we've watched as the church has become so prideful and arrogant at times. That'll never happen to me. Touch someone and say, it can happen to you. The determination is we don't want it to. And when we love people and we're gentle with them, it becomes a powerful thing. But listen, I've often said that man is the only one of God's creations that can lie to themselves and believe it. And many people do. You want to know what the biggest lie we tell ourselves? I got this. I can handle this. Listen, you ain't got it. Thank God that we can give it to the Lord. Thank God that we have one another to depend on to help carry the load. Thank God that we have people that will come by us and pray with each other. Thank God that when we begin to find ourselves believing a lie, we've got others that will speak truth. Listen, one of the ways we are not to be deceived is to be able to recognize false teaching and false teachers. In Matthew 24, 24, it says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. I'm going to prophesy something to you that in these last days you're going to watch false teachers do miracles. Amen. The lame will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Listen, the devil can do some things. And he don't care if someone can hear and see if you'll believe a lie. Trade-off for him. You need to be discerning. You need to know what the Word of God says. You need to watch the character of those preachers and teachers. You need to see what's going on. And we're living in those days. We're warned that those false preachers and teachers will come preaching another Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible. Oh, they'll use the Bible, but then they'll twist what it says. The Bible says that they will come with a form of godliness, but they will deny the power of a godly life. A godly life. Oh, they'll come doing signs and wonders, but their personal testimony won't be that they're living pure and holy in the Lord. Their testimony behind the scenes, you won't see what they are in, the, in the, uh, their private time as compared to their public life. Listen, the man of God, the people of God will be the same in public as they are in private. Their speech will be the same. Their conduct will be the same. They, wait, they live for God. And listen, the power that comes from the Holy Spirit that is real and truth comes out of a godly, holy life. Ephesians 5, 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I have watched that there are people who have a lot to say, but they say nothing. And the more they speak, the more they say, the less they say. Yeah. Romans 16 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, watch this, contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech divide, or deceive the hearts, watch this, 
of the simple. Smooth words, flattering speech. Those who teach that the doctrine you learned years ago is not really what Jesus taught. I don't know if you've noticed, but almost every doctrine that we've been taught growing up that every Christian knew to be true, in fact, is being challenged in our day. On the idea of grace, on the idea of the rapture, on the idea of tithing, on the idea of holiness, on the idea of purity, all of these things. And we're watching those false prophets and teachers get rich off the church. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world, rather than following the truth, the teachings of Christ. I have a word for you this morning. Refuse to be gullible or naive, both in the things of God and the things that are going on in the world. Listen, I am amazed at times how undiscerning some people can be. Listen, God calls us to be pure, and he calls us to be innocent. But being innocent doesn't mean that you're naive. Turn to someone and say, don't be naive. You can know things and be pure. You can see things and be holy. You, the Bible says, be innocent as a dove. And wise as a serpent. Gentle as a dove. Listen. I understand if you're young in the Lord and you're still learning things. It is a horrible thing to see when you're supposed to be mature in the Lord and you're not discerning the truth. I'm going to tell you one of my most unpleasant struggles as a pastor is pointing out false teachers to Christians. They always argue with me. Every time. That's a false teacher. Nah, I don't believe that. They don't ask, well, why do you believe that? What are you seeing? What is it that you know that I don't know? What is it that they're teaching? Listen, part of my job as a pastor is to know what's being taught and being going on. There are false pastors. Uh, there are false teachers. There are false prophets. And we need to be discerning. The question never is, why do you think, pastor, that what they're teaching is wrong? They just begin to argue with you. Now, you need to look at those things for yourself. Listen, how many of you know that's your job too? But understand, in the last days, we're going to see more and more. And I can tell you right now, almost many of those that we're watching on television, many of them are false teachers. In one way or another, they are wrong. We're watching things that are being brought to the body of Christ that have no place and it's causing confusion. I want to leave another thing if you're taking notes. Are you still with me? If you are, say good. If you're not, I'm going to preach anyway. 
To not be deceived, we must not be deceived about sin. James says this, Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. I love that. Every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Touch someone next to you and say, come out of the shadows. Come out of those shadows. I'm watching Christians begin to deal in things that we knew 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 were not right with God. And today, they're just kind of out of the shadows God will never tempt you to sin he is pure and holy he's true his nature and standards don't change because he doesn't change he's constant he's the same yesterday today and forever and I want to remind you that sin has everything to do with us and our desires there are things that are a temptation for some of you that are not a temptation for me there are some things that I'm tempted by that you're not tempted by because the desires are different. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, I want you to watch this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, just so you know what that is, a fornicator is someone who has sexual relations with someone outside of the bonds of marriage nor idolaters, that means putting anything in your life ahead of God, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, that includes pedophiles, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I don't know where we got off track, where we were set free, we were brought out of those things, God set us out of that sin, and now we're leading other people to Jesus, but we're telling them, it's okay, you can still do that and be right with God. Listen, people were straight up with the truth about us, and we surrendered our sin to Jesus Christ. He washed us by the precious blood that was given on Calvary, and such were some of us but we ain't that no more if you ain't that anymore give the Lord praise we need to not be deceived about what God defines as sin or what the outcome of that sin will be we must not be deceived about the incredible cost of our sin mark this down we must refuse to be deceived about the way God allows things to unfold Galatians 6, 7, and 9, you know this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. 
For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God will always be true to his word. We reap what we sow, and we reap after the manner that we sow. I want you to look at me. The condition of our country and the world right now is because we have sowed after the flesh and not after the Spirit. Who begins to change that? Spiritual people who will sow spiritual things and spiritual fruit. Part of our month of prayer and fasting is, and this year of living by faith. Do you believe that you reap what you sow? So that means when you sow the good things and you do what the Word of God says, you're going to have the blessings of the Word of God. I believe as we do that as a church, we're going to see this church continue to thrive and reach our city, to reach our community. We'll do our part as part of the net, as part of other churches, part of the body of Christ, to reach our city and our area for Jesus. Now mark this down. To not be deceived, and this is my last point. Someone say amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. (laughs) To not be deceived, we must be willing to test the spirits. We must be willing. Someone say willing. Willing. We make sure that anyone we are listening to, hearing from, hearing about, line up with God's word. The Bible says that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is Jesus not a random list of facts. And if you know the real thing, you will spot a counterfeit. Spiritually, politically, relationally, you'll know the real thing. Hmm. Spiritually, politically, some of y'all need to get more discerning. And I'm not talking Republican-Democrat. I'm talking the whole thing. We'll talk about more of that in the coming days, maybe. I'm not running it now. Relationally. Some of you are getting relationships with people and you're not willing to test the Spirit. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test their doctrine. Test their attitude. Test the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Test how they are with people and money. Test how they are as people of integrity. Are they fearful? Are they people pleasers? Are they willing to hobnob with other people and not be around others? Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Are they like the world? Do they encourage you to forsake the world and be conformed to Christ? 
Listen, the devil loves to throw out the phrase, don't judge me. Jesus said to be renewed in the spirit of your mind so that you can prove. And if you can't prove, then you get to disapprove. And you get to expose a liar and a fraud. That's not judging. That's truth. Turn to someone and tell them that's good preaching. Now, this message is designed to help you know what deception looks like and how to be free of it. Just because deception is prevalent in these last days does not mean that we have to be deceived. John 17, Jesus prayed for his disciples and said, Sanctify them by your truth. How? Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Sanctified means to be made clean, unpolluted, pure. Deception is designed to corrupt and to pollute and to desecrate. But the truth is meant to set you free. Amen? Amen? Come on, stand with me this morning. If you got something out of that, I hope you did. With every head bowed, with every eye closed around this church, as I began preparing this weeks ago, I felt clearly the Lord say to me, make sure that my people know truth. Equip them so they don't walk in deception. Equip them so that they are walking in freedom. I want to pray that prayer that Jesus prayed over you, but I want to ask you, how many of you in this church are committed to truth? How many of you are committed to Jesus? How many of you would desire to walk in wisdom and discernment? Father, this morning I thank you that you're in this place. Spirit of God, we thank you that we live in these days at this time in history. Lord, as we read what the Word says, we are very aware that we live in the very last of the last days. And I thank you that you didn't leave us unprepared for that. I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord God, for people that I know love you. Seek your face. Even in the midst of our struggles of being human, even in the midst of the difficulties that come with life, I thank you for a people that are committed to you in your ways. Father, I pray that same prayer that your son prayed over the disciples then, I pray that now. The Lord, you would sanctify us by your truth. Lord, I pray that as you send us into the world, we would be filled with your love. I pray that we would be filled with your understanding. I pray that you would help us to be gentle with those that are coming out of a life of sin and then coming into the fullness of God. I pray that you would fill us with a boldness 
to expose the lies of the enemy. I also pray that you'd give us discernment to know the difference between an actual conspiracy and a conspiracy theory. I pray that we wouldn't be so gullible. But I pray we'd be discerning. Help us to know the truth. Lord, on this nation that was founded on the principles of the Word of God, I pray that you would help us as your believers to help turn people back to the living God. I pray that you would fill us with kindness. I pray that, Lord, you would remove the spirit of fear. I pray for each of those today. They're so afraid of what's going on in the world or afraid of being deceived. I thank you, Lord, they don't need to fear. They just need to know you, to press in close. And I thank you that you'll help them to see. I thank you, Lord God, you'll help them to know. I pray, Lord God, that you would just fill them with such boldness and expectancy from you that they walk in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray as we're in this season, that we would be salt and light. Now I pray your blessing on each one today. I thank you, God, that as we continue in this season of prayer and as some are entering into fasting, I thank you, God, that we will know that we have the things that we're asking for. I ask you again, move in the life of this church. Holy Spirit, move in Jupiter. I pray that this city, again, that has taken the names Jupiter and Juno, which really are just other names for Baal and Azareth, would be known for the things of God. I pray that this city would be such a lighthouse that the rest of the country is influenced by what goes on here for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the Lord bless you. Listen, I'll have some folks here. If you have some needs you'd like prayed for, we'll be here at the altar. If you would like to write down on a piece of paper those things, we're going to keep those. We'll place them here at the altar through the rest of the month. And we know that God will be faithful. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock.